I'm a good guy. Crimes of murder and high treason. Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press? What do you want? There are dark forces over him. Human forces building the weapon that could bring about the end of our time. I'm Spider-Man, giving a job to do. I see you are practiced in worshipping things that fly. Welcome back to Comic Book Chaos. This is your host Tony Sabal. I am joined for this uh, for this foray by uh by brian smith i remember you i know it's been it's been a minute uh mike finally let me back in the studio oh you are like on double secret probation i mean obviously i didn't know anything about it so it had to be a secret and (laughs) and we are also joined by for the first time and we actually met on the way into the studio (laughs) paul how do you spell yeah how do you uh, pronounce your last name please oaks like like some trees okay that should be that should be easy even for a simpleton like me Perfect. You know, Paul Oaks. So welcome to the show, Paul. I hope it. I hope that after today we don't scare you off, especially Brian. Especially Brian. Yeah, I'm fucking terrifying. Bro. He talks really fast. Yeah, it's because true. sometimes this uh, show tends to get a little dark, you know, at times. <laughs> well, perfect. And it should be very appropriate because today's topic. Huh, you like that? You see, see what I just did? Yeah, I see what you did there. But uh, calling calling yourself out for doing it makes it not as good. Uh, to me, it's cool. Yeah, of course. But anyway, you know, we'll keep it uh, at least a tone of darkness because we are going to be discussing the uh, recent uh, titles that uh, DC has released under Tales from the Dark Multiverse. Now, before we even dive into this sort of uh, this discussion, run, use the word discussion. There okay. you go, Tony. You'll get there. Uh, this really is just an offshoot from a very recent, uh, storyline at decent DC. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's like two years old, yeah, but to me, it's, recent. I mean, it ended yeah. in April of 18. So, it, okay. It started, it started in like July of 17 and then, or June of 17 and ran until April of yeah. 18 is what I just read yeah. online because I don't know anything. Also, yeah. But all I know is that after reading again the, the storyline Metal DC Metal, to me it was trippy, and it was very dark, which basically just reflects you know like uh, maybe uh, the DC uh, movie universe is now all of a sudden now becoming part of uh, <laughs> uh, the 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 tone here and everything. But if we got anything cinematic, animated or live action on the level of Metal, they people would care. Yeah. I mean, there's a, I mean, some really key characters came out of the storyline that you'll definitely at least see a glimpse of one of them here. But the Tales of the Dark Multiverse, the purpose really, they're taking a lot of these classic DC storylines, one of which later on, I know that Brian and I, I look at as an expert on, uh, they're giving a very dark twist to these uh, classic storylines. And, uh, These storylines just, they're not, they don't, they don't start happy. They don't, uh, they aren't happy throughout and they don't end very happily, you know, at times. Well, I think it's one of the things that what they've, with the two books that we're going to go over uh, today, which we haven't mentioned yet so i don't know if it's okay for me no, you could go ahead and say it's okay. a secret don't uh, say oh, it's a secret yeah. is, it, is it double we're secret make, we're gonna make yeah. the listeners uh guess but no so the, the books that we're talking about today they're they're kind of <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're gonna spend 50 minutes talking about two books and at the end of it you guys call in tell us what you think they for are for the record there are four currently out so <laughs> good luck 50, guys 50. <laughs> uh but no the um the books that we're talking about today those storylines kind of were the the start of DC going darker back in the what the the late eighties early nineties. Uh, anyway, they are classic. Mm-hmm. They are classic storylines. They they yeah. still resonate even today. Well, I think that they were they were storylines that were done, and we've talked about the 
the one. You know, fuck it. It's the death of Superman. <laughs> uh, we've talked about it before on this show. It should be obvious we, because yeah. Brian is the Superman fanboy here. Sure. sure like, we'll go uh, death of Superman is probably the most significant storyline for Superman. The other storyline is Batman Nightfall. Right. But I think that, you know, between Nightfall with Bane and, and everything that happened there and the, the death of Superman, those were two stories that we didn't ever think as comic book fans that DC would do where Batman is completely broken and, and for lack of a better word, useless and Superman's fucking dead. Like that's not something that as a comic book fan, especially back when I was, you know, nine years old, I never thought Superman could die. I didn't think that was a possibility. And I think a lot of comic book fans felt the same way. You know, it's that, it's that age old question. Can he impregnate Lois? Can he die? Like those are, (laughs) I mean, those are the two questions. Those are the biggest questions in the Superman. It It would have to be artificially. Well, thank and you. Thank then, you. Yes, thank he you. Can die. Okay, but here's the thing: can but can Lois carry the baby to term? Um, without dying? Yeah, probably not. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Great. I like this guy already. This is so. a very we're we're already taking as much of a darker <laughs> path, you know, like uh, and I'm envisioning like a, what might happen, even which is uh very. But but to your point, oh, Brian, the baby's kicking. Oh, Lois is dead. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to your point, Brian, I mean, even without, even without, you know, like uh, taking into account the dark multiverse, even without taking into account any of the the dark storylines that this title run is coming off of, when these titles first came out, it it was pretty dark even back then. Well, no, I mean, it was crazy dark and it was also like national news. I mean, that's that's the other thing is that I think people forget that like there was like... Like, I think there was a 60 Minutes episode on the death of Superman. Like, I mean, it was like insane. Like, they talked about people waiting in line for hours and hours and hours to pick up that issue where Superman died. And the same thing with Batman, the issue where Bane broke him yeah. was, I mean, they sold out. I mean, they did four print runs of the death of Superman, uh, Superman 75. There was four prints on that, plus the news, the newsstand edition. So technically five prints, plus then you had the black bagged version and then the platinum bag version, which was the retail variant. So you had those, what, seven different ways that book and each one of those printings was almost a million copies. That book sold almost five million copies. And it was all because of the death of a iconic, well, and, of a, a iconic comic book. Guy. And the thing is, is, is you're not selling five million copies to comic book people. That just, it's not happening. That's not how that works. I mean, right. if you're selling 5 million copies, it's literally selling to fucking everyone. Mm-hmm. Like there's it, anybody who had even an inkling that it was going to be quote unquote worth something was picking up multiple copies of that issue, which for nine year old me sucked ass. Cause that meant I couldn't get a fucking copy to save my life, you know? And on the flip side, also the Batman storyline, we were, uh, there was a lot of it built up, you know, like a replacement for Batman. That's what right. it was actually Nightfall doing. as a story was huge. Right, right. It was, it was, the it was first at least a year and the, the iconic moment when Batman gets his back broken. What was, you know, was spoiler alert. Was even like a, <laughs> even spoiler even, alert. Jesus Christ. Yeah, even, it was even like 30 uh, years ago. It was even referred to uh, in the Christopher Nolan movies. Even yes. that significant yes. moment. That is how big of a moment. Well, the thing is the 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 whole the, the the breaking of the bat was such a huge, iconic thing that happened. I mean, how many times have we seen that exact same shot in a comic book? It's like when Lois died in Infi- or yeah, when Lois when Lois died in Infinity Crisis or Infinite Crisis, Infinite Crisis, Infinite. and Superman the the comic book cover where he's like holding her, right? Right. Yeah, it's the same shit. Or was it Greenland? I don't remember. Or no, Supergirl. Supergirl died, not Lois. It was Supergirl that died in Infinite Crisis, and there's that image of Superman with his head back, like, screaming in agony while he carries Supergirl's body out of the rubble. And, I mean, you've seen that. I mean, Spawn did that issue cover. I think Marvel has, for lack of a better word, ripped off that cover. It's the the Superman breaking the chain cover, Mm -hmm. you know, the Neil Adams cover that's crazy famous. Um, It's all the same thing. And when you look at the the death of Superman or the breaking of the bat, they have those just iconic images. I mean, even even like very recently, either the most recent or like second most recent issue of current ongoing Batman Mm -hmm. by Tom King, Batman broke Bane's back. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, duh, like it's it's that's how it goes. Mm -hmm. If you have a storyline with Batman and Bane, somebody's getting their fucking spine broken. That's I mean, it is. It's and I mean, that kind of sucks, to be honest, but it. It makes sense because that is what the fans want to see. You want to be reminded of that nostalgia of reading that book because it was such an iconic thing. And it's the same thing with the death of Superman. Anytime you go back to that storyline, you want to see the image of Lois holding Superman's head. 
and the tears just running down her eye, you know, mm-hmm. from her face. You want to see that. You want to see, um, you know, all of the superheroes lined up at his funeral, right? And and yeah, no, no. That I mean, those were indeed dark. These were like I would say the darkest milestones for each of the characters. You know, like uh, just the yeah. I mean, if, these, and these two storylines were just. If you're like, talking about like the DCU, yeah, yeah, because I mean, if you could go even farther and say, what is the comic book or the the video game tie-in? The um, uh, the, uh, like Arkham or no, 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 no. First, I know what you're talking uh, about oh. the uh, the DC D- DC Universe Online. Online. Oh, Remember, okay, they had okay, the comic yeah, yeah. books that came from that. Yes. Yeah. And like Batman rips out the Joker's fucking heart. No, Superman rips out the Joker's heart for mm-hmm. killing Lois yeah. and his unborn child. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you have like, that's, that goes darker, obviously, but that was all part of the video game thing. And video games, I think, especially with DC, the video games have always been darker than the, uh, the comic books, unless you're talking about the Nintendo 64 Superman Returns video game, which was fucking awful. These, uh, these storylines that are coming out are out. Yeah. Superman Returns was a whole whole separate mess. Yeah. Either way, they both sucked. These, these two storylines, Nightfall and Death of Superman, Tales from the Dark Multiverse, are, should be out right now. Uh, there are more storylines that we will discuss further, uh, towards the end of the show of, uh, what's coming out. There is a, uh, a common figure that, uh, is sort of introduced at the beginning of each storyline. And initially, because we're both we're all comic book fans, you may see some sort of you may have seen some sort of references uh to this character somewhere else before. The character's name I'm talking about, his name and help me, I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Tempest Fujinot? <laughs> Fujinot or something like that. Yeah, Tempest Fujinot. And uh, and Fuginot. immediately I think from uh you know the uh even the uh, just the the barely knowledgeable comic book fan would realize that this guy does remind you a lot of Marvel's Watcher, mm-hmm. and it gives you and uh, and and right there it gives you because Marvel had this story uh, had this title run for a while back. It may still be out there. Uh, what if they're actually going to be doing a Disney Plus show on it? But basically, the Watcher narrated like a. These uh, certain scenarios, like uh, what if the Avengers was made up of these characters, or what if, uh, you know, Fantastic Four, whatever, you know, like... uh, What if they were good? Yeah, exactly. What if Doctor Doom replaces Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four? Like, that kind of shit. It was always... Mm -hmm. Or it was like, what if... uh, Was it, what if the Hulk beat Wolverine? Yeah. Or whatever, in in Hulk 181. But basic Tempest, I'll just... I'm not even going to try to attempt to... I would say it's Fugonaut. Is how I would say it. Yeah, yeah. Tempest Fuginot, basically. Fudgy Tempest, nut. Yeah, fud. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> uh, but basically, he's just more or less like setting it up. You know, like uh, like I don't know if he really is DC's answer to the Watcher. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, re- realistically, the only things that we know about him so far are his name. Yeah. Um, he is one of the only characters, as as quoted by him. Um, that can freely travel between the multiverse and the dark multiverse, but we also don't know any other characters that can do that. And and on top of without, that, like, if we were to discuss if we were to discuss DC's multiverse, that's a completely separate show. Well, and I mean it is. It's it's the Marvel multiverse is very. It's it's I think it's more well put together than the DC multiverse has been, mainly because Marvel's had. 50 years to fuck with their multiverse, whereas DC's just started yeah. really. I mean, yeah, we always had like those weird things that would happen, but the actual multiverse is what it's from the new 52. Isn't it? Or, yeah. Or is yeah. it like the reboot of the new 50? Are we on? I mean, earth, earth two and like, the, like yeah. some key ones have right. been around for a long right. time, but like the general, like they got, Grant Morrison to map out the right. multiverse right. that occurred in the new 52. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like this is the first time that you've had like this. Cause you're right. You always had like, like Bizarro Superman and like the people that came from the other earths. Right. And I think even, um, what was it? The red lantern or not red, the, the red arrow, I think came from one of the multiverses at one point. Like, I mean, it was weird. And but it was talking about the uh, darker version of the flash. Like, uh, the, well, they, no, I mean, that's from a multiverse. Like the flash has always kind of had the multiverse tie in mm-hmm. because he could move between the regular worlds that aren't the dark See, this is really fucking confusing, yeah, man. It, it, like, it tends to be a little bit more convoluted. But let's go ahead and jump into uh, which one you want to talk about first, Stone? The the uh, first ta- the first title that came out, which was Batman Nightfall, 
and and basically uh, picks up, you know, like uh, sort of like afterwards, after the moment. Yeah, or, I, was, you know, I like, was kind of impressed or pleased or whatever you want to say about that. Because like, like Nightfall was a big story. So yeah. like how do you how do you retell that? And like they don't. They just like change the very end right. of it and then move forward from there. Which yeah. would make sense if you're because that's the moment that it splits. Mm-hmm. Right. The moment yeah. it splits is when when Batman doesn't recover and Azrael well, he does. Well, he just gets... You know what I mean, though. Yeah, gets, I, yeah. I, think, I think it picks up where Azrael really goes really extreme. Well, and I that mean, was the thing. Azrael was on his way there during the night, the original Nightfall storyline. Yes, yes As, he was. Azrael was on his way, and that was part of what happened. And for those of you that don't know in that story, Batman makes a comeback and defeats Azrael. Like, that's a yeah. super short version. Um, but in this one, Azrael takes it to an extreme... You know, like a extreme level. Yeah. You know, what like did, uh, it's almost shocking. Did he use? Did Azrael use Venom in the original Nightfall? No. Yeah. Okay. No. I did not. No. Recall. And I think. And I like. You know, not to. I mean, fuck it. Spoilers are what they are, right? Well, this, we could talk about. So I mean, here's the thing. In this one, you know, you have him using the Venom, but it's because of his advanced age, because it has been decades, right, at right. this point since he took over as the Saint Batman or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call him. Um, it's almost like religious, like the way that he now well, no, that's has, exactly has, it. He, has he, raised himself. Well, and that was that was always his thing, yeah. was that he was the second coming of Azrael, the angel of death. Right? Isn't that Azrael? That's probably something religion. Else, yeah, right. I mean, no, I mean, the angel, Azra, of, something, Azra, the angel Azra, of something bad. Well, Azrael was, he was the one, angel with, the fl- vengeance? He was the one yeah. with the flaming sword. Yes. yes. Yeah, so you're right. It was vengeance, war, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, he was, he was that. And so then, but when you... Look at this book. It then kind of goes into it deeper, how he set up the organization. Yeah, his with, two sidekicks. Right, with the Cardinal and what was the other one's name? Uh, Flame Torchbearer. Yeah, yeah, Torchbearer. So he had an altar boy and the guy that touches the altar boy <laughs> as his uh, as his two sidekicks. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes I mean, sense. also, Cardinal's a bird. Yeah, right. No, I get it. I get it. Torchbearer's not. Eye he contact. Is. Wink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he is basically dealing his own form of... Uh, of governance over mm-hmm. uh, Gotham. It is a, and again, you know, like Tales of the Dark Multiverse, dark, you know, this is as dark as you could get, you know, like. Well, I mean, no, I mean, they could have gone, they could have gone darker, but. I mean, they could have, but we necessary. also, we get there. Yeah. Like yeah. when we find out what happened to Bruce. Oh, yeah. Jesus, right? Like, holy crap. Like freaking wow. And it's like some Futurama shit right there. They also introduced like some characters, you know, like uh, they mentioned, you know, like uh, some offshoot i mean at this point you know bane's defeated and but you know like well bane's that, dead like, yeah. we know bane's dead but we also and then who was who was the woman what's her name lady shiva thank you lady, lady shiva um but but you know they 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 come into play you know like especially you know like uh the well shiva son. shiva and bane were so important to the yeah. nightfall storyline that you have to have them in any continuation of the storyline yeah right even if you are just essentially throwing away and throwing it out there that bane has died that Azrael killed Bane, right? Um, Which was always kind of what we all, I think, assumed would happen to Bane. Yeah. You know, even... What else else do you do with that? Well, like, even with the original, like, Batman storyline, the original Nightfall storyline, you just kind of assumed that, like, oh, Bane's fucked. Like, Batman's gonna kill Bane. Like, he's gonna break his rule for Bane. Obviously, he didn't. And then Bane became part of the Secret Six, and there was that whole thing where he was a good guy, but not a Good, guy. like they they gave him the venom treatment, mm-hmm. the Marvel venom, not the Bane juice venom. Yeah, Jesus Christ, the, the antihero treatment, right? But, yeah, but Bane's sort of like his presence is still felt absolutely by his son. Well, by, yeah, in, in this one we do we get we get who date- also had a name that I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> and what name was that, Paul? Uh, what the fuck was it? T- torn, turn, torn. We'll go with torn. Yeah. I don't know. It was like T. Just, let's just call him Son of Bane because he uh, he basically, you know, like because uh, that's a way fucking cooler name. The Son of Bane is a little bit more, you know, threatening, you know. And he, you can even throw in who his mom was because that's also cool. Yeah, exactly. You know, like uh, like, but but still, I think that regardless, I mean, uh, the first thing that you notice, even when uh, there's that one panel where he actually just like focuses and he looks like he's constipated at first, but uh, he basically just 
he has venom already flowing through his veins somehow. Yeah, because because his dad did enough to fuck up his genetics. Yeah. Well, I mean that's that's the story they go with, you yeah. know, because fuck science. And uh although I mean that venom shit was pretty fucking but it's crazy how he could like turn it on and turn it off. Yeah. Almost like a transformer. That yeah. was pretty dope, he, actually. Yeah, he he literally hulked out. Yeah. But like the the way later version where you have absolute control over it. Right. Where like you have control and you're still in charge of everything and it's just the physical manifestation of the Hulk. And, and not... even just like turning it on and off right. at a whim. Right. It was almost like he was a mutant. Huh. Speaking of mutants, <laughs> let's just, why don't we just discuss what really just happened since we did touch on it a little bit, what the, the fate of Bruce turned out to be in this right. comic book from the very uh, well, so essentially you find he, out he kept him alive, which is yeah, really bad enough. You find out that Bruce is alive, but he's just a torso and a head that are actually separated. Well, and, and why is he like that? Because every year when he didn't give Azrael his blessing, essentially to become Batman, Azrael removed a limb. <laughs> Until there was only a torso and a head. <laughs> Fucked up. Jesus. I have mean, year long, low key seizures and strokes. Right. Just sitting there, right. hooked up to a machine until the next one day, right. Azrael would well, come and, he's and be a, like, he's hey, what's up? 364 days out of the year, 365 on a leap year. Yeah. He's alone. Fucking hell. And like you said, having seizures. And it seems like those seizures are multiples a day. It's, yeah. it's not just like, Every once in a while. No, no, it's kind of like clockwork. You can pretty much set set your timer by it at noon and 1245. Uh, that's the fourth seizure of the day. It's lunchtime. Right, exactly. I mean, it's fucking brutal. And like the, the panel where they show the two of them talking to each other is so, so beautiful. Hey, yeah. it was just art in general was really good in Nightfall. Absolutely. This, this dark night. That was uh, Capullo. No, it looked like it was for right? a couple parts. Who was the um the artist is Javier Fernandez. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, Fernandez. By the way, work. you know, while we're uh, just uh just really quickly, Javier Fernandez is the artist and the writers, Scott Snyder and Kyle Higgins. And we mentioned earlier, and I think uh, Paul, you mentioned that Kyle, that Snyder's overlooking a lot of this. Well, hold on, hold on. That was talked about before the show, Tony. We didn't actually discuss that on the show. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah, so but now we said it. So yeah, well, there yeah, it is. So I mean, so what we what we found is that with the the Nightfall or not the Nightfall, what the fuck is this? The uh, Dark Universe, yeah. mm-hmm. Tales from the Dark Universe, is that Snyder is kind of overseeing it. Yeah, he was uh, like consultant basically right. for Higgins wrote um, like. The, the essential that right. of the issue. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, DC tags Snyder's name on there because like one, that name sells. Sure. Um, and two, you know, because he did have uh, the, the insight or the, you know, whatever the, the thumbs up for other stories taking place in an entire multiverse that so he essentially created. So to catch up so far, we see Azrael taking everything to an extreme. We find out that Bane's dead, but he has a son uh, and we find out that Bruce Wayne is now basically, uh, you know, like uh, probably the uh, the most extreme and uh, like a form of a quadra. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, if, it's if we're just knocking out all the spoilers, um, <laughs> Lady yeah. Shiva is also the the mother of Bane's right. son. Yeah. Right, right. Which totally makes sense. Yeah. yeah again, going back, <laughs> you know, like Bane and Shiva, you know, were key, key figures in the right. false storyline. So not not romantically going. involved, though. In the original Nightfall storyline. I, tr- I know you're trying to like envision some sort of like. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking about Bane and his tiny penis from all that venom running through him. How does he even have a kid? Do you think. Nope. No. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he had, you, Paul, you had a very interesting thought and you just stopped immediately. You yeah, know? we're done with that. Yeah, oh, no, okay. I mean, that's, that's fair. But so I think that what you get though in this one is a much more horror influenced story mm-hmm. almost like what you get with the um yeah the, just well think- like the killing joke i think is is similar in tone tonality I'll, where it's just fucking dark i'll the- have to admit i'm not really true truly familiar with uh kyle higgins work i don't think scott snyder would probably go stark absolutely he would have um, writing you know like uh honestly higgins doesn't do a lot of super dark stuff either he he wrote the, I mean, fuck it, we're on comic books. So he wrote the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger series for Boom. He wrote that all the way up through the Shattered Grid event. So he wrote that for like three years. Well, he's also been doing Nightwing for yeah. He did like Nightwing for years. Um, on and off, on and off. Most for 10 of years. the New Fifty Two and possibly before. Well, he did. He did um, in Volume One in 2012. That was the New Fifty Two. Yeah, he did that, and then he also did the New Order. 
in 18. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he did. did the New Order, um, the Power Rangers thing in 16, and um, Batman Beyond 2.0. Oh yeah, dude, yeah, that was that was a tasty book. But that's what I mean. It's like he's almost just he's done Batman stories before, so it makes yes, sense to yes. tag Higgins to do this story. He also he and Snyder legit co-wrote um a story called Gates of Gotham that introduced like a whole new villain for Batman and that was also a good little book. Not not to also since we are, but I don't want to get true spoilerish, <laughs> but there is a moment towards the end of the comic book where you know, you you think at this point that it can't get any darker, but exactly what Azrael does to the son of Bane, I <laughs> think, is something that maybe uh, it, it's one of those significant moments. You know, like it has to do with uh, his uh, thirst for venom. But uh, I'll let you uh, pick up the comic book to figure that one out. But towards you know, like there is a point in the storyline in which okay, you expect Bruce. To actually finally, you know, like uh, have his moment of either redemption or his is whatever he has planned to try to fight back uh, Azrael sort of like comes into fruition. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is some cost, but uh, and and you know, like uh, I'd, but I'd say the, more sacrifice, yeah, more unnecessary sacrifice. In the end, however, you know, like uh, again, because these these this is a very dark title. You you expect that? Oh, okay. Oh, you know, like the hero rises triumphant, you know, and the villain falls. But yet, at towards the end of the the storyline, something something develops that maintains its darkness, and it gives birth to another version of Batman that probably not a lot of people would have expected. I mean, if if you are familiar with metal, if you've read metal, if you've read the um, one shot origins of all of the Dark Knights, you know, the yeah. Drown, the Red Death, the Batman Who Laughs. I mean, without giving away everything, this is essentially it turns out to be another one of those stories, another version of of a Batman, a darker version of Batman. Um, and that's, that's the pattern that I'm seeing, uh, you know, definitely that there is a moment for redemption. But at the end, you know, like, okay, no, we're going to head on. We're going to take a, we're going to take a nosedive and, uh, you know, like establish. I think maybe these, these storylines so far are establishing brand new versions. I think that if if you, if you want to summarize what happens at the end of each one of these books, it's that the, the hero or the anti-hero chooses vengeance as opposed to forgiveness. And I feel like in the regular DC universe, if you're looking at it, they never, like, Batman doesn't kill the Joker. Superman doesn't kill Lex Luthor. It doesn't happen because they always feel that you have to look at the best in everyone. And if you're looking at these books, they've said, fuck it. Humanity's fucked. Everything sucks. I'm just going to do me. Fuck you. Get mine. So it's the Republican version of all DC comics is... uh is what we're looking at. But I mean, honestly, it's, it's one of those things where they're, they're making that choice. There's that choice at the, at the end of every story where the hero either has to step up and be a hero or be normal. And I think in every one of these books, they're kind of choosing that normal, mm-hmm. the normalcy where like, okay, you cut off my hand, I'll cut off both of yours. Like it's that, that ramping up of everything. And it just reaches that crescendo, especially I think in this book, it reaches a crescendo where it's, you know what? Fuck everybody. I'm Batman. You know, that's that's kind of how it ends. Um, Overall, this first book, great start. Do you like it so far? I mean, uh, I'm a definite recommendation for, for I, anyone. I think it sets a fantastic tone. Yeah. Um, and if the rest of the books are like this book and keep that same tonality, it is definitely something that everybody should read. If you're a fan of the comic books and if you know the storylines, the original storylines, it helps, but it's not necessary. So you for for first uh, book then, this definitely is like, okay, you got me hooked. You got me hooked. Like, yeah. I'm interested well, where you're going to go with and this. And especially the way, um, like like you mentioned with the, the bookend character, kind of start and at the end. Um, letting you know that the stories that we're going to be reading are more connected than not. Um, they're not just a bunch of random stories and like literally nightfall ending with, uh, you know, next up death of Superman, just so that, you know, there is like a, a, a there's minor a con- continuation. A con- yeah, they're not just a bunch of one shots. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. It has me, I'm, I'm, I'm hooked and I want to read the rest. Well, and even was- the ones that like, maybe I'm not as familiar with. Right. And, and I think that, you know, looking at what they've come out with so far, cause it's been, um, nightfall, 
this one, uh, Superman, Death of Superman, and what, Blackest Night? It Blackest Night, and actually, I believe Infinite Crisis was the, this, the week that we are recording this. It is presently in stores. Is it in stores? Because yeah. I thought it wasn't until next week. I, I'm... I'm 90% sure that I bought it, but I blindly buy comics. (laughs) That's fair. All right. So before we move on to the next title, why don't we go ahead and do our RMD scores uh, for Batman Nightfall, Tales from the Dark Multiverse. Let's start off with you, Brian. Sure. So first and foremost, guys, for those of you that haven't, that aren't familiar with the RMD scoring system. Um, It's a, it's a percentage based thing. Uh, It goes from one to a hundred. You're looking at four different tiers essentially of, um, of ratings. So you start off at from one to 40% is what we, uh, it's our thumbs down. Uh, we call it get fisted. Uh, it's something that you'd never, ever, ever in a million years want to watch or read or hear again. Uh, after that you have 41 to 70%, which is where probably most things are going to fall. Uh, that's going to be your, you know, it's a movie, it's a comic book, it's a TV show. It exists in this world. You don't hate it. You don't love it. It's just there. It's bathroom reading material now. I mean, I don't even know if I'd go that far, man, because most of my bathroom reading material needs some kind of, you know, breasticles or uh, something along those lines. Anyway, uh, from 71 to 90%, that's something that's good. It's not fantastic. It's not the best thing you've ever watched, but it's a, it's a hell yeah is what we call that one, you know? So it's going to be, um, you enjoyed it, but it's not perfect. But the parts that weren't perfect didn't make it any less enjoyable kind of thing. Then you go to the upper echelon, which is our kick-ass uh, rating, which is a 91% to a 100%. This is something that you can't wait to either read, watch, or hear again, okay? Uh, this is something that's not going to be a ton of stuff is going to fall into this category. It's going to be, you know, for movie-wise, I think we said once every five years is where this would be. This would be something like Django or um, The Departed, something along those lines. For comic books, you'd be looking at the original Death of Superman. For me, would, is something that I could read over and over and over again and never, you know, lose one ounce of enjoyment from that read. So uh, that's the rating system, guys. And and for this one, I'll do the first one. Um, for Batman Nightfall, Tales from the Dark Multiverse, uh, I actually give this one, I'd say, a 92%. This is one that I would actually read again, even though I know what happens. I think the artwork in it was absolutely phenomenal. The writing was some of the best writing I've seen on a Batman book in a while. And don't get me wrong. Scott Snyder's amazing. And but he also hasn't written in a while. Right. Exactly. So this is, this is something that I think it definitely harkens me back to when Snyder was writing, when Snyder and Capullo were both working together on like the, what was it? The owls, uh, court of owls, court of owls and all of that stuff, which was some of the best Batman stories that I've read. Um, this is something that I would read again and would have no problem reading again and would actually enjoy. I'm super glad that I actually bought this one. I didn't just borrow it from one of you jamokes. So um, I think it's great. Okay. Paul. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to same page there. Um, I'm absolutely, when we get closer to the end of all of these going to, going to reread because it feels yeah. like that's going to be a necessary thing going with all of these guys. But uh, it also was a good story. It had a really good art. Um had some violence it had some some downers so uh and that's that's all good stuff for me so what'd you do a 92 92 i'm gonna do a 93 oh look at you see it would have gotten a 93 for me if there were some boobs but there weren't there were they were just covered (laughs) i i will uh i will go ahead and join you guys i'll do a uh, 92.5 oh wow oh so tony literally isn't going to be the tiebreaker yeah he's just gonna be like this book gets a 92 and a half Uh, there are there are three things that really stand out to me one because this is like a a i don't know exactly how how and we'll we'll discuss how many more storylines they could touch Mm -hmm. uh but for a starting story for a brand new title run, they definitely have gotten my interest. So definitely, you know, like I've, uh, it's piqued my curiosity. Now I'm, I'm really interested of where they're going to go. I think that coming off of DC Metal, which was really an excellent storyline, one of the better storylines of recent uh, DC, uh, uh, DC publishing that, that they've published in a while. Uh, I like the tone. I can already tell just basically just from the title and just how everything has been set up, the darkness of how everything's going to come. That, okay, I expect something dark. I I like the twists. There were uh, some uh, visuals that were definitely of shock value. 
So uh, I overall, I think it's a solid storyline with the purpose of just, okay, this is the starting point. You know, have we gotten your interest? Yes, you have. So, you know, like I'm definitely interested. Interested enough that we will now talk about the second issue of this line. Something that I think that Brian, I'm really curious to see where Brian is going to be discussing on this one. They cover the death of Superman. And... And really, they 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 sort of pick it up right at that very iconic moment, the death, uh, the uh, the the aftermath of battling with Doomsday. Literally, he's dead by like the second page of the story. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think that this actually, it's more the return uh, or the reign of the Superman. Yeah. Than it is the death of Superman. I get why they called it that. Because that's obviously going to sell more books than calling it the reign of the Superman. Mm-hmm. I think you could tell well, also even, by- even that, like that, that reign part was only even a couple pages. I think it yeah. really was, it was a character specific aftermath well, of Death of Superman. It was kind of like when, when they had the reign of the Superman and you had the four different books plus Justice League that were all touching on each one. And each one of those characters, like John Henry Irons and Superboy and the Eradicator and... Um, the cyborg Superman, they all had their own, you know, one was in adventures, one was in action, one was in Superman mm-hmm. and they, they gave each of them their own title. That's what this felt like was almost like it was one of those books, just a, a, a one week or maybe two issues. Yeah. Cause of, these are, these are beefier books. They are, they're 40, 40, 48 pages is what you're looking at on these. So it's double the, because I think now comics are only 20, 22 to 24 pages. Yeah. It's 28 only, tops. For this issue, want to give at least credit to the writer, Jeff Loveness, who uh, wrote the script to this one, and Brad Walker, who did pencils. Uh, again, unfortunately, forgive me, but I am not familiar with Mr. Loveness's. Uh, and it, it uh, makes sense that you're story. not. Um, he's a Marvel writer for the most part. He did some Spider-Man stuff. Wow, okay. um, this is actually only his second DC title ever. He also did another one shot and he was actually, guys, he's a television writer more than he is a comic book writer. No wonder um, it says script. Well, he he's wrote, he wrote um, a couple episodes of Jimmy Kimmel Live. He did the 68th Primetime Emmy Awards. He was a writer for that. Um, he also did the Oscars. And so he does that kind of thing. Um, he also wrote an issue or an episode of Miracle Workers mm. for, for TV. So he's kind of a... A lot of that sounds like he would write probably like a, with a comedic style. Right. Absolutely. This and, isn't and, a and, comedy. No, <laughs> no it's, it's not. But he was also... Um, I don't know. Do you guys remember Glenn from the Jimmy Kimmel show? Sure. That's him. Really? Oh. Yes. Oh, wow. That's that's Jeff. I mean, he's been on the Kimmel show for like three it was from 2013 to 2015. Um so he he comes from from that kind of thing. He was also on an episode of The Office. Like the dude is an entertainer. I think um obviously I think his he's a probably a much more talented writer than he is an actor. Well, the um, cover of Death of Superman already gives away the introduction of a brand new character or well, okay, a version okay. so, of a character. So does it though? Because I, I don't think it absolutely does. thought that was Supergirl. Did you really? You thought it was a black haired Supergirl? Oh, I didn't. Um, where's let me right here. Um, but, but basically, but you the, know, like the lighting and everything. I thought it was just a uh, blonde in like a dark area. Really? Because I mean, it's I mean, obviously it's brown because I know that now. But. Right. Oh, oh, I see. I see what you're saying. The key figure in this storyline happens to be Lois Lane, who is, I'll be honest with you, my favorite female character of all time, and not because yeah. I'm a super Superman fan. God, that sounded bad. Not because I'm like this, an ultra Superman. Yeah, because yeah, I'm this like huge Superman fan, but because I think that Lois Lane is actually one of those characters that has had so many different iterations over the course of her you know, what, 70 years in comic books, um, that there's been so much growth for her as a character that you don't see in a lot of other uh, secondary characters. You but, know, I mean, hell, for a while there, she had her own book Yeah, um, back in but, the, the 60s and 70s. I mean, I, I think even pretty recently, she I think it was a limited, like a miniseries. Yeah, they did but, a miniseries yeah. for Lois Lane. Yeah, and, and I think that's one of those things where Lois Lane is one of those characters that is, because you have to have a character in Superman that's relatable. Because let's be, let's be clear, Superman's not relatable at all. He's, well, for he's this, a fucking god. For like, this, for this, uh, for this title run for Dark again, we're dealing with the Dark Multiverse. We have to deal with uh, the key character Lois Lane, and she obviously takes a darker turn, traumatized by the death of Superman. Uh, that 
Uh, Brian, you are the uh, expert of all Superman. Can you briefly explain to me exactly, very quickly, who the Eradicator is? Okay, so the Eradicator is a weird character because he's actually been a bunch of different things depending on what time period you're talking about, even in regards to the Death of Superman storyline. In the original Death of Superman storyline, he's the reason that... Uh, it was Emeralds or what's the city? Um, Kandor? Kandor? No, 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 no. Green Arrow City. Emerald City? Oh, Star, Star, uh, Star City. Star City. He's the reason Star City explodes. Like, there's that whole, like, weird shit that happens there. So the Eradicator is essentially a nuclear reaction. That's what he is. Hmm. Um, he, at one point, winds up in, like, the middle of Earth, at, like, the core of the Earth in one storyline. It was one of the revisits mm-hmm. for the death of Superman. Like, there's a bunch of different things he's been. So he's kind of been, like, this catch-all. Like, if you need to blow up a planet or a city, put the Eradicator there. It'll work. You know, and, and that's what they've done. With, actually, I believe, Tony, we talked about that four years ago yeah. on an episode of this show. When we, when we did, when we were talking about the death of Superman and the reign of the Superman, the aftermath. But no, no, no. It was even, it, was, it, was, it wasn't that episode. There was something else that we were talking about. And I want to say Denton was on the show with us. And we were talking about some book where their, their way out was to have the Eradicator blow up a planet. And it made no sense that he was there, but that's what they did. So it's so, almost, almost like the Eradicator was like the ultimate final end all for well, a lot of. Well, he's he's of your oh shit button. He's your. We wrote ourselves into a corner. Blow it up. The Eradicator was there. So and, and that's what DC used him for for a long time. But in in all actuality, what the Eradicator is is he is just a vengeant fucker. That's all he is. He is this this otherworldly being that at one point was said to have supposed to be protecting Kal-El on his journey to Earth and then while he is on and, Earth, but then he becomes very uh, tainted because Kal-El turns his attention yeah. to the humans as opposed to and the people my, of the bottle city of Kandor, and that makes him angry. And so now he wants to destroy Superman so now to save Kandor. Like, it's fucking weird. So, so take that character and now combine Lois Lane and now Lois Lane is your new eradicator for this storyline. Well, that's so that's what it, the eradicator in in this storyline actually is a an energy being. Yeah. Right? It, it, yeah, that's yeah. that's the best thing you could call him is that he's like a ball of energy. It is that nuclear reaction. Right, who is too late to save Superman. Right? So in in the original storyline, the robots put Superman into the um the the matrix, the the birthing matrix to uh, bring him back to life in the original death of Superman story. It was the robots of um, the, the Kryptonian robots that lived in uh, the uh, fortress of solitude, mm-hmm. right? They're the ones that went and got the body in this one. It's alluded to that. It's the eradicator that got the body, put him in the birthing matrix realizes it's not going to save him. Right. And so he then talks to Lois because she just happened to be coincidentally at the Fortress of Solitude, giving them back Superman's blanket, which, of course, is what Martha turned into his cape, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, they, there are so many throwbacks in this issue to old Superman stories. It was fucking amazing. I'm not going to lie. I had a chubby throughout this entire thing because it was sitting there. You know, they talk about the—they the, called it a blanket instead of calling it his cape. Right. They, they talk about how— Jonathan and Martha are the reason Superman was the way he was because they decided instead of to live in fear, to live in love of this being that has landed on their farm. This little space monster. Right? Because, I mean, (laughs) let's be clear. That's what he is. Superman is a fucking space monster. He's an alien. He's, they should have, you know, the, the normal thing to do is to fear what you don't know. Right? And they didn't. They chose to love it. And that is why, and I think that's what's always made Superman special to me, was that he was a product of his, his environment. You know, being and, and when you read Superman Red Sun, it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, he is very much an impressionable product of his environment. And as a, an adopted child, it resonated with me, I think, more than it resonates with a lot of people. Um, and that's one of those things where, like, Superman was adopted. I'm adopted. It made sense that I love Superman. Right. Um, and, and so with the Eradicator and everything that happens in this one and with Lois Lane, it's. It's very similar to other stories that we've seen, I mean, um, even even. Just like her costume is a blatant throwback to the the black bag yeah. cover. Oh, absolutely! With the the the, the bleeding S, which yeah. by mm-hmm. far is my favorite. I I love her costume. Oh, that costume's fantastic, dude! And not just because it's skin tight, but um, mm-hmm. no, like it's just legitimately it's it's so dark. 
You know, it's it's what you would expect somebody who's mourning Superman's death. And then you give her this sort of power. She's still in mourning. She's yeah. still angry. Right. And she and, and now you've given her the 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 capability of becoming the eradicator. That is already like, okay, this is a bad idea. Well, and I think though with this one, the eradicator wasn't angry when he went into Lois. Yeah. I, I don't the I didn't I didn't get that feeling. From, yeah, the, the anger is entirely her yeah, like yeah, grief stricken madness. Right, which makes perfect sense. She's angry that, you know, Superman had to Clark had to let his And she took, takes her anger out not against, you know, like the obvious villains, but she also just basically takes it out on anybody. She blames she she has to get everyone. to a point, yeah. but yeah, she does she's... Well, I mean if you if you think about it though, if okay, so Superman had friends. His friends were superheroes. Yeah. Where the fuck were they when he died? You know, and I think it's a valid point that she makes. No. Now, granted, if you read um, Justice League number 69 and number 70, you know where they were. They were getting their asses handed to them by Doomsday. You know, the entire Justice League was completely destroyed in the death of Superman storyline. I mean, um, I think Booster Gold, Guy Gardner, I mean, granted, it was one of the weaker Justice Leagues that we've ever seen because... Justice League light? Well, if it has Booster Gold, you know it's a (laughs) weak-ass fucking Justice League. Um, But it was like Booster Gold, Guy Gardner, the worst of the Green Lanterns. Now we're going to get like Um, all that No, 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 no. I'm not going to go there. I'm not. I mean, it is what it is, but Booster Gold sucks as a character. So, um, Okay, sorry. All apologies to anyone. No apologies to anyone. Booster Gold sucks. We all know it. Tony, stop being PC. That's not what this network's all about. That was Brian Um, Swift. Yeah. (laughs) So, anyway, um, but when you look at it, it's just, it makes sense that the, the direction that they went with it i feel like they made the eradicator and they made lois very very relatable you know she becomes the super being but she's like you said grief stricken and out angry she's out of her fucking mind i mean i absolutely did not given given the circumstances and the situation i i don't think that her like her character was overdone. I no. think it, I think it was like truly relatable. There were a couple, and regrettable, but yeah, there absolutely. were a couple of uh, shock moments in here. Uh, no, ab- there was a, absolutely, a couple of a uh, uh, key DC characters at that time. Well, uh, and I, I think showing the rampage essentially because yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, it's, it a, is. it's a grief fueled rampage that she goes on where anyone she feels is even slightly at fault for not just Superman's death but the way the world is. Mm-hmm. Is is gonna get it, you know, and and she has no problem dishing it the fuck out, and she, I, I think that was a really cool kind of way to to tackle the story. I don't feel like I feel like a lot of times when you when you look at a story where someone else receives the powers of Superman, you don't get to know how it feels on the inside. And what they did a great job here. What what was it? Love, loveness, loveness. What loveness did here, giving you that inner monologue, which I normally don't like. I don't like hearing their thoughts. You know, I don't like having to read yeah. their thoughts, but in this particular story, I felt like it was perfect. There think- is, yeah, there is a a moment again of redemption, of a, a slight redemption. You know, like because you know, Superman, you know, like eventually comes back. You know, like a, well, and I think that that was actually one of the more poignant, yeah, moments was. of the comic book where Superman comes back, and at that point, Lois's grief literally leaves her, and she realizes what she's done, and is like, oh shit. You know, and I feel yeah, like because a- at the same time he realizes what she's right, done. which is yeah. good lord, how fucking heart wrenching is that? That like the man that she loves and that loves her, and she's become this monster in his absence, and she realizes it not because of anything that she did, but because she sees him. She and- just sees him. She doesn't talk to him. She just sees him and realizes what she's become, and is honestly she's ashamed. And they all live happily ever after. Yeah, no, that's not at all no, how no, these no, stories no, no, work. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is this is Tales from the Dark Multiverse. They don't live happily ever no. after. There is a uh, little twist, as usual, at the end. Well, and I think uh, that, again, go that, ahead, pick up the comic book, and you'll find out. I was very surprised with the way this one ended. And I don't normally get that from a Superman comic book. Really? Well, come on, dude. I've read almost all of them. Like, it, there's very few ways you can end a Superman story. Like, he's the fucking hero. Always. And if you bring him back, he's still the fucking hero. But the way that they ended this one, I thought was fucking brilliant because, you know, there's always been that talk of who in the justice league can take out every other member of the justice league. We all know what that answer is, right? It's been talked about. It's been alluded to. It's, it's one of those things. And it's Batman. Right. And it finally happens. 
where he feels the need to hit the oh shit button, right? But then it backfires stupendously, right? Which is one of those things that I've always felt was going to happen. If it, if it wound up being that the last two on earth are Superman and Batman and Batman has to win, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. Well, it's so, so the reason that that would happen is because it's Batman and Superman. Right. But this isn't Batman and right. Superman. Right. This is Batman and somebody with Superman's powers who isn't Superman. Right. But then it, it, it I don't want to give it away. Right. The ending was so good. The, the, and that, the ending, would you say that the ending is in a sort of way, tra- oh, oh, it's tragic as shit. Absolutely tragic. Ab- oh, no, it's, it, like I said, it's heart-wrenching, dude. It's, it's fucked up. It's, it's, it's not an ending you would ever get for a normal Superman story or even an Elseworld Superman story. Like these are not the endings that we're getting from these books are not fucking normal. And that's the thing that I wanted to at least share with you guys from already reading the first two books that there is a story that it, the storyline basically, okay, there is a point that there is redemption that, okay, okay. There is like, okay, like we could, we could, we could solve this. There's this. Well, there's, there's, there's a this, point where there's the possibility there's of a, redemption. There is a, yeah. there's a glimmer of hope or glimmer of light that maybe, okay, you know, maybe there is hope here. And then it's crushed. You can still be a hero. Oh, yes. shit. Never mind. Right. But no, this is again, I think, uh, what we are going to expect from the storyline Dark Multiverse. There is going to be those points of hope, but then in the end, it's going so, to fuck up. Honestly, these remind me of the Malarverse stuff where they had like the characters that were like Batman. Yeah. Like and, Nemesis. Right. Who was a bad guy, but then wasn't Nemesis a bad guy. Favorite, like there was like yeah. that, there was mm-hmm. that redemption mm-hmm. story arc that they did there at the end where he turned out and he went, well, sh- shit. Now, fuck. Uh, I have to stop the good guys. What the hell? Like, and there's like that, that weird, like kind of switch gets flipped. Right. And in these stories, that switch doesn't get flipped ever. It's 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 like the Millar verse, but no hope. It's like DC's regular universe without hope. And what does the S stand for, guys? It stands for hope. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, the, it's if you take a regular story, which is what they've done here, and you remove any redeeming quality, and you remove any amount of hope, there's only one ending. That makes sense. And they found it, I think, in both of these books. And I think that that's one of the things that's the most amazing to me. The dark multiverse is founded in tragedy, which just in in concept and in itself has me jazzed about anything that they're going to release regarding that. It feels more real. Yeah. Even though it's ridiculous, like a human being has this weird alien presence inside of her, like Venom, and, you know, doesn't die, becomes super powerful and has abandoned all hope because she entered here. You think the characters that came out from these two storylines, the Batman version and now uh, in a sort of way, the Superman version, mm-hmm. definitely characters that have some lasting presence, you know? Like, I hope I, so. I I would say probably let's, let's rate this and then like – yeah, yeah, and, the, and then we go because, on. Yeah. Because I think, that's a, whole, then, okay, then, I think that's, that's a whole discussion. Okay, for let's like, do our Rain Man uh, digital score. So we're going to do the scoring again, guys. You guys have been listening. You know how it works. Either it sucked, it's okay, it's good, or it's fantastic. And I'm actually going to give this... Oh, I'm going to give it a 98. Wow. I am giving... I mean, this was, to me, an almost perfect Superman story without the presence of Superman. Holy crap. Um, I can't, let's see today. I know is, there's, uh, I, I <laughs> today is November 24th, Sunday at two twelve local Arizona time. Brian Smith and Paul and Mike, you are witness that this is probably the greatest Superman storyline in Brian Smith's well, eyes. Hold on. That doesn't include Superman. Like, I feel like there are, there have been stories where it's a Superman story without Superman and it, it's just lacking. And this one doesn't feel that way at all. Would this, you even call it this is an anti-Superman storyline? No, it's still a Superman story. It is still very much a Superman oh, story. Maybe anti is not the right No, I, I think but- that this is one of those, it's, I call it, it's not a Lois Lane story. It is a Lois Lane story, but it's not the regular Lois Lane story. It's as if Lois Lane was it's, Superman. It's a Superman story about Lois Lane. Right, which is amazing. And the fact that they were able to pull it off with someone who doesn't have a background in the Superman like genre 
essentially, because Superman is his own thing. He's different from all the rest because of the um, the amount of power that he does. So have. you're gonna, you're going to stick to ninety eight. percent I'm absolutely sticking to a ninety eight percent. I thought the the way that they drew it, the way they told the story, was so fucking good. The and like I said, I don't like the the the, the inside the head voiceover shit mm-hmm. most of the time. I mean, Kevin Smith has done that a billion times, and every time it sucks. This time it fucking worked, and I feel like it was it was fantastic. And they made a character who is super powered completely relatable to almost a hundred percent of the people that would, would read this book because everybody has grieved for someone in some way or something. Um, all they what? also they also didn't have crypto in it, which means it's <laughs> it's much better than a regular <laughs> Superman story. Paul, what about you? What about the um, score? I am. I mean, I we we already established that I'm I'm gonna reread like all of these, so it's it's gonna be ninety something. I'll probably go with. Uh, I think the question here is: Is it better than the the Batman one? What's, and that's 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 the thing for me is, I think I'm I'm just gonna ninety three it again because, um, honestly, the story was like super simple, like realistically, it was it was sure. grief, and there were a couple parts that I found super predictable. They mm-hmm. did not take anything away from me, but I was like, oh, I wonder if this. Oh yeah, that happened. Um, sure, sure, sure. But sure, sure. it was tragic and it was violent, and that does a lot for me. Um, so <laughs> again, tales from the dark multiverse. Uh, I will give it, I will give it a uh, 95%. Oof. Uh, so, only because, only because I think that you, Brian, you reinforced it. This is probably such a tragic storyline because again, I think the, the pattern that I'm seeing that, okay, uh, there's a moment or a glimmer of hope for these characters but they, but it, it's taken away from them. It's taken away from them. It's twisted. Again, again, I can't say it enough. Tales from the Dark Multiverse. No, I mean, I think, uh, I think that's exactly right. And 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 in and, and, and this one, this one is far more tragic than the one that Batman goes through in the first first issue, because because of the relationship that Lois and Superman have, mm-hmm. and the and and the way that it it turns out that is like a. Like, uh, that's far more tragic where, you know, like with Batman, it's just like twisted, you know, like, so I would definitely. Solid. Uh, so, so that means that on an average, this one gets 95 and a third, 95.3 repeating is the average score for this book. I, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm super, super stoked that, uh, I graded it so high that I drug both of you fuckers up. Oh. So, <laughs> well, you know, like I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that these two issues. Are, Can I change mine? Uh, no. <laughs> these two storylines, I think we could all agree, has just been a great, solid start for the Dark Multiverse. Primarily, at least for me, it definitely gets me more involved. I'm, I feel that there's a, like I can't wait for the other storylines to be covered. Which, by the way. You know, like uh, since uh, you know, like uh, just to bring it up, the 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 future storyline style covered. The next one is going to be Blackest Night, right? And then on top of that, we have the and we have Infinite, Infinite Crisis. Crisis, and they are going to even like uh, do a uh, a darker turn of the Judas Contract. Do we know of any beyond that? Those are the only ones that have been mentioned. Okay, so they, no, with, no, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just to like the the bookend things, the things, the the pieces that are tying all of these together so far, um, the Jesus God, what was his name? Um, Tempest yeah. parts. Yeah. Um, it's it's literally like the first page and last page of each book. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm gonna talk about it. Uh, he is worrying about. I mean, it sounds like he's worrying about infinite crisis. He's worrying about a crisis. He's trying to find a team of heroes to help prevent something that. It seems like it's happening in the dark multiverse, not like the standard multiverse. And at the end of each of these stories, he's left with these characters that he's like disappointed in. He doesn't even want to turn to them. To that form is a, a team. very, very good observation because, again, you know, going back to my point of whether or not these characters have some lasting, uh, have some stain power, I think we are. Now yeah. that you bring it up, we are going to see these characters again. I, I think he's, I mean, he's not going to have a choice. They yeah. they exist, so he's going to have to pull them. But do you think that 
that the event that he's worried about, do you think that's something that's going to occur after they do all of these? Or do you think that actually is what the Infinite Crisis book is going to be? Because with the Judas Contract one coming out after that, it would seem weird to continue this series after that point. Well, I think so. You you saw the you've read the original Watchmen comics. Mm. Yes. Sure. No. Just keep me. I mean, you're Uh, you're gonna make a point either way. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. So the original Watchmen comics, um, they're a little bit different, right? Because that was the the two universes. Yeah, Charlton Comics and DC Comics. But there was two universes on the original Watchmen, Mm -hmm. and it was the bad universe coming in. Mm -hmm. Or no, 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 Wanted, not Watchmen, the Wanted comic book. I apologize. The Wanted comic book was you had two universes, and then they cross over. In the other universe, all of the heroes are actually villains. And so that's what you get. And this kind of feels that way, because those villains thought they were heroes in their Mm -hmm. universe, right? And I feel like, you know, here in this first one, Batman at the end feels like he did what was necessary to save Gotham, right? Lois at the end of the death of Superman, it's a little bit different. I'm not totally sure where she's at in her headspace. Yeah. You know, she could spiral even further. Right. It could go 110% the other direction. Right. So I don't, I don't know. Cause they didn't give us that glimpse. We got the glimpse into where Batman's at. We don't really know where Lois is at in this. And so I think that if from each one of these, we get one character that survives. Yeah. Right. As we, a superhero, obviously we'll get somebody in blackest night. Right. And, and most likely it will be Batman. Uh, wasn't, that, wasn't, wasn't, doesn't that how blackest night ended? Was the white Batman came in and saved everyone? No, it was. Uh, I mean, that Sinestro was. became the white light lantern. Oh, is that what it was? I, yeah. It's been so long since I read that. Um, so that's, is that, that's gotta be our Green Lantern story then, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so then uh, Infinite Crisis. Yeah, that's is interesting. That, is, that uh, a flash, wonder, is that a flash story? I think that. I mean, th- theoretically, unless that story is what these three are leading to. But see, I don't think it is. I really don't because, like you said, you think that, it's a different crisis. I think. Infinite, well, I, I think. I think it's the know, same infinite crisis. Well, the no, infinite, the, the crisis that Tempest I, is worried about. No, is I, in, in I think promo, it's different. In a promo for Infinite Crisis, they are talking about uh, the storyline of uh, Maxwell Lord, and uh, that's the Flash. Yeah, but, uh, Maxwell Lord was killed by uh, Wonder Woman. Oh, that, okay. So that's what we need—a Wonder Woman story. Yeah, so, uh, okay. so like, uh, so I know that that they are going to do a twist of that. Uh, that's where a lot of these uh, books are. Well, like, uh, they're they're basically taking significant events and then picking them up and giving them a darker twist. So maybe right. that might be where it picks up—the death of M- Maxwell Lord. Well, and so what I'm saying is that I think that what we may be seeing here is that he keeps talking about how he is one of the few characters that can travel between the dark multiverse and the regular multiverse, right? Mm-hmm. What happens if that that wormhole or whatever you want to call it opens and those dark multiverse characters come into the regular multiverse? That's, I, that's a whole thing, but I feel like he is trying to build a team for something that's going to occur within the dark multiverse. Is that, that's how he's, you're, he's that's trying how you're, to... That's how you're thinking it? Yeah. As, and maybe that is what he's doing? And maybe it is for the infinite crisis thing, and, and then I mean, it doesn't work. Yeah, and maybe it's maybe that's where they go with it. It doesn't work, and this, then those characters come. Are in. these characters going to be that team? Are they is he looking mean, for it, a it team seems that's like, going to be counteract? I feel like he's been very disappointed in yeah. every single one of them. It seems like he is. Each of these stories is going to give us a Justice League member, though, and he right. is trying to build a league that will prevent some tragedy but like realistically dark multiverse like maybe we'll get to that point and they'll lose anyway and something right. even worse will happen well and that's the whole thing is i think maybe maybe we're building to a true like justice league dark mm-hmm. right like like an actual yeah, dark, dark, mul- dark multiverse justice league yeah. right we're like you know in and especially with what happened with with lois at the end of the death of superman maybe she's how, looking how, for redemption well, how do you how do you look at batman again you know, how do you look at any Batman? I don't care. Mm-hmm. Any Batman. At the way that that ended. I don't, I don't know if she could. She is so involved in her own grief and just completely inside of herself, which I also think was brilliant writing by using the voice, the, the, the inner monologue. Yeah. Because that's exactly what it was. Lois was alone. She was an island. She had surrounded herself in her grief and was an island. And, and I feel like that's the, the, the Batman story that we got in the first one. It was the same thing. That Batman was alone. 364, 365 days a year and was alone in his own head, right? 
And both of these characters wind up that way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that might be part of the overlying theme mm-hmm. is that when you single out the superhero, what happens? And maybe they need the team to stay sane. No, I think that, you know, definitely just a, that's a really good point. It definitely, you know, like uh, even reinforces, you know, what and piques my curiosity, what could happen in the next one. Blackest Night is one of those solid storylines. It's a really good Green Lantern storyline. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm fascinated and I'm really more curious to see exactly how that's going to end up. Either way, you know, that's going to have to be for another show. You know, like uh, we'll be covering uh, more, we'll be covering more uh, titles for Tales from the Dark Multiverse. As you can tell, you know, like even though it's a dark multiverse, it's, you know, like uh, just puts a little smile on our face. But I think it's one of those things where it's so rare that you get a telling of a story that hasn't been done before that's done well. Yeah. It's very hard to like when you're trying to rehash these storylines, it doesn't matter if it's DC or Marvel. You know, like you could easily fuck it up. Well, and I think it's it's one of those things where I'll be honest, guys. I haven't read comic books religiously in a while. It, it's been a minute since I was religiously reading comic books, and after reading both of these, I'm kind of angry at myself for stopping because if this Ooh. is the quality that we've been that you guys have been getting over the last couple of months, last couple of years, yeah, and I've missed out on it, yeah, I feel like an idiot, like no. honestly, because these are. Fucking fantastic books. Well, that's great. I'm going to hold it over you from now on for every <laughs> single future showing. I'm going to test you for all the titles that we will be uh, covering. But anyway, I'm glad that uh, everyone's been, you know, had time to listen to our show today. I want to thank Brian Smith, of course. As and I want to thank Paul Oaks. I hope we didn't scare you away or, you know, like we'd love to have you back again. Yeah, thanks for having me you this know, like, first time. We're going to, we'll definitely uh, anticipate the next time we will cover the next couple of titles from the Dark Multiverse. Until then, this is Combo Chaos. Thank you very much for listening and see you later. What can I do for you? Oh, little song, little dance, Batman's head on a lance. 